Hi, Nora. Hi, Daddy. How are you? Good. Good. Hey, what kind of music do you like? Mmm, marshmallow. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ignition. Lift off. Welcome to Beyond the Band. This is our fourth episode, and my guest today, I'm so excited for uh, this guest. I've got an incredible pop, soul, R&B singer-songwriter whose songs have been streamed over 28 million times worldwide. It charted on the radio in several different countries. He's big in Europe right now and picking up steam. He's a coach, teacher, and dancer as well, and an all-around amazing dude. He hails from the Southern Oregon backroads, as he says, but currently coming to us from San Diego, California. Adam Knight, welcome to Beyond the Band. Hey there. Uh, thank you so much for having me on here, Michael. Dude, you were, uh, I was making this list, you know, of uh, of people to have on the show. And uh, I mean, you're definitely, and I know this, I don't want to freak you out. And, and I want to dive into this later, too, because I think it's such a great you know, it's such a great insight into what it's like to, you know, just be, just be a working musician and fighting that fight every day. Um, but seriously, one of the most accomplished, uh, people that I know in, in the world of music that I've, you know, had a chance to know personally, we went to high school together and, uh, we were in a choir together in high school and I mean, 28 million streams, man, that's, uh, that's pretty incredible. Oh, it's, um, well, first of all, thank you, brother. Um, I, I know that, you know, uh, as also a fellow musician and, you know, we sang together, we had some really awesome experiences together when, you know, I was a lot younger, but it's been, um, it's been a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of work to, to get where I'm at now. And it's only the beginning. So thank you for acknowledging that. Yeah. To give you an idea of, uh, the, the different trajectories of our musical careers, uh, you were playing a gig at a brunch today, right? Yes, sir. I, I went and ate brunch today with my, with my mom and stepdad. So, (laughs) so there you go. (laughs) Uh, but you're pretty busy right you're you're gigging all the time yeah i um so generally what i do is um i play around three to four nights a week um on average but um 80 of the gigs that i play are are very much private parties and corporate events uh, because they pay really 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 well and then um then there's like the really fun shows in between like the festivals or the you know the like theaters and like different states and stuff but those are staggered uh due to like marketing and stuff but generally like the shows that i play really often are um these corporate events what kind of like corporate like private parties and stuff like that yeah yeah like google or like uh these golf clubs down here are very serious about hiring up musicians for their little private events and their little wine mixers, um, uh, different things like that. Workspaces in San Diego and LA, um, v- v- uh, YouTube uh, hired me for a little private event like two months ago. So things like that. Damn. What's that? I mean, 
how did they even uh how did they get in touch with you? They just call you up and say, Hey, uh, it's YouTube. I mean, what's that like? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> uh so yeah, basically what's happened is through my streams and and through me getting my music out there on different playlists and different things that are semi or pretty dang popular. Um, they just kind of find me and they say, Hey, that guy has a nice voice and they'll investigate. And, um, they find me either through my website. They just type Adam Knight into Google. And luckily, thankfully my website comes up pretty quickly. Uh, it's like the like fourth thing down and, um, they click on it and they explore and they have a booking submission right there. So I get actually a quite a bit of booking submissions through my website. Oh, that's awesome. You know, you, um, you'll always be a Southern Oregon boy through and through, you know, and it's in, I know it's in your blood, but, but don't lie, man, the weather in San Diego doesn't suck. Does it? <laughs> Let's just say it's winter time right now. And <laughs> it got down to like 55 last night. And that's pretty much oh, as cold as we'll get. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know you're a busy guy gigging all the time and you, and you travel quite a bit too, but, but how do you not want to spend all your time down at the beach? I mean, it's just, uh, just amazing down there. Oh, it's crazy and crazy in all the ways that, um, I can go to the beach, lay on the beach and fall asleep and just have a whole day of just like immersing myself in self-care on the beach and then forget yeah. that, uh, I have to get up off the beach and then, you know, go live life like an adult. But yeah, the beach is definitely a thing down here. <laughs> yeah, this adulting thing is hard enough, man. But I I can't imagine having a you know a beach in my backyard. That would make it even tougher. <laughs> oh, it's so tough. So, it's so tough. Oh man. Yeah. But but you know, like you're saying though, just so much more opportunity though, right? I mean when you've got, you know, all these corporate events and, uh, you know, private events and country clubs and things like that. I mean, there's some of that stuff up here, but you kind of, kind of had to get out of Southern Oregon, right. To really, really have the opportunity to do stuff like that. I mean, that's the truth of it. That's, that's honestly, um, that's, that's exactly why, um, the reason why people move to these big cities, LA, New York, uh, Nashville, Austin is they need to immerse themselves in the opportunity. And, uh, to be honest, I mean, I would, I would love to live in Southern Oregon. I love my home. I love my community. I love my people. I love my friends, my family. Everyone is there that I'm super connected to. And don't get me wrong. I have deep, deep roots in uh, Southern California and Northern California and Colorado and New York. I could live in so many different places, but this Southern California area, it's so easy. And by easy, I mean, uh, it's less of a challenge for me to have opportunity. I, I, I could talk to people that have immersed themselves in the music industry and it's just more likely that I'm going to make those connections. Yeah. Tell us about some of the, I mean, you've, you've had a chance, you've encountered a lot of people over the years and done a ton of collaborations. Tell us about some of the people that you've met and collaborated with and sort of how that processes unfolded and how you've met some of these people so you know early on i'll actually just start with the live music realm because i actually started out as a live uh, music musician um so many people nowadays they're very much in the pop electronic realm and what they do is they'll produce music 
and then uh, it'll sound ex- you know exceptional pro quality, and then and then they'll figure out their live chops. But to me, um, I've played I played well over a thousand shows before I even released my first single, and it's just uh, and you know and those shows. By shows, I mean all kinds of stuff where there's people not in the audience. There's people in the audience. I'm playing for one person. I'm playing acoustic. I'm doing acapella. I'm singing to backing tracks, open mics. I'm getting myself out there. And um, what happened is I actually got picked up by a piano player named John Foray. And John uh, was Van Morrison's uh, keys player for many, many years. He played with the Grateful Dead. He played with Huey Lewis. He played with Quicksilver, Messenger Service, Tower of Power, uh, you name it, all the funk and soul groups back in the day. And um, he uh, he gave me my chops. He really allowed me to, to step into my power as a, as a lead singer and say, you've got it. And this is why. And we're going to give you a band to back you up. So I started touring with them, playing with, you know, acts like Lettuce, Snarky Puppy, uh, met, you know, Van Morrison, met Lester Chambers from the Chambers Brothers, uh, Aaron Neville and just really got the like live chops thing down. And then years later connecting with, uh, which is a total another story, but a buddy of mine named Justin Bure, who comes from Southern Oregon. Um, and we actually grew up less than a mile from each other. Uh, we reconnected as uh, friends later in our twenties and he's a producer and songwriter and singer as well. And he ended up producing my first, you know, quote unquote hit, I've got the gold, which was then signed to a label in Europe. And that's when all the doors started open, uh, in the, um, the electronic realm and in the production realm and the collaboration realm. And all of a sudden DJs that are pretty damn big, uh, started hitting me up saying, Hey man, I want your vocals on a track or, Hey, I want to remix that track. And uh, from there, it was charting on the radio. And from there, it was connecting with people um, all over the world. That's amazing. It just, But it just happens organically, right? And I mean, the thing that you do that you have control over to get to that point is just keep gigging, right? Just keep yourself out there. Yes. You know, that's, in my mind, so many artists, whether you're a painter, dancer, you name it, what, whatever creative process you have, uh, if you want to be successful, the key to success is collaboration. And in collaboration, people have to, they have to know about you. You have to become social in some way and get yourself out there uh, and go through the edges of, wow, is this thing good enough? Am I, uh, are they going to like it? And basically what I, what I'm really, really, really good at, one of my superpowers is reaching out to people. Hey, uh, do you want to collaborate on a song or, Hey, what do you think of this track? Or, Hey, will you feature this track on your podcast or your YouTube channel? Um, I'm really good at sharing myself and that superpower, that gift, um, allowed people just to say yes, because I gave them an opportunity to say yes. Is that something you've always been good at? Or, I mean, you know, I remember you back in high school and you were just, you know, just an awesome guy to hang out with and just always very caring and, and, uh, you know, just compassionate of others and giving of yourself. But, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a next level vulnerability 
to put yourself out there with others and, and to really get after it in that way. Is that something that you kind of acquired or do you feel like you've always had that in you? I'm going to say mostly it's, it's always been in me. My mother is an incredibly social woman that runs a business and, um, uh, manages many, many, many employees. And she kind of gave me a, a foundation, a template of what it meant to just kind of own your own space and kind of be like, Hey, this is me. This is what I'm doing. Uh, take it or leave it kind of thing. And that foundation, um, was strong in me. And what helped me actually round that foundation out was actually being in choir, uh, in high school was the beginning of all that really it was my time with you singing with you and Dave Hegdahl and free design and learning what it meant to actually share something I'm passionate about because it's one thing to be good at speaking or one thing to be good at being like, Hey, I can talk to you. And it's another thing sharing something you're incredibly, incredibly passionate about. Yeah, man. I remember you knocked the doors off free design, man. You auditioned as a freshman and uh, got in there and I was like, man, this guy's, this guy's got a, got an incredible voice, but it, it also developed over time. You know, I mean, I felt like you, you spent some time and we all did the, you know, we're going to do the choir thing and, and, uh, we're going to sing, you know, we're singing as part of one and we're singing harmonies and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, I was going to ask, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I was going to ask how that whole experience in, uh, in free design, which is, you know, for those who maybe aren't from Southern Oregon or aren't familiar with the program, it's a choir, but it's 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 a performance choir. And, you know, I have so much appreciation for Dave mm. Hegdahl. I mean, we produced a, a professional show every year. And I kind of I kind of would get annoyed at the time as like a bratty teenager when when, you know, uh, they're talking about this is a professional show and like they hammered that into us. Right. But <laughs> I have to think that paid like that helped us. Right. And especially you. You know, uh, hands down, you you hit the nail on the head. There is that um, that professionalism that they nailed in that uh, that foundation of of okay you need to sing on the mic this way and okay pause sound check okay pause everyone be on hold we're gonna test this speaker this sound it was a foundation of be being in a, a real professional production and you know also just to talk about my voice is you know free design i didn't actually truly open up my voice in free design or i'm gonna say even start to open up my voice in free design until my senior year is when I actually realized that I have range because I was really, really good at being a bass and a baritone in, in free design. I, I was really good at holding the foundation for other singers to sing. And I had some solos and I had my time to shine on occasion. And also just the nature of being younger in the program and, and veterans in the program being older than me getting their, their time. But it was also just when senior year came around, um, I finally got some really strong solos and, and realized, okay, I actually could do this by myself. And not so much necessarily that I want to do it by myself, but it's it's the idea that I, I have a voice that could stand alone and uh, has a foundation that's strong enough to do so. And over the years, I will say, um, after gigging and stretching that muscle time and time and time again and singing three three hours at a time, 
for 15 days in a row and, you know, uh, doing it in such a way that I don't get hoarse anymore. I work my voice in such a way. I'm, I took professional vocal lessons from, you know, one of John Legend's vocal coaches and got really good at taking care of my voice. And over those years, my range has just uh, expanded because now I can sing songs that honestly I couldn't sing in high school. I didn't, I one didn't have the, uh, the, the like umph and the, uh, the like chops to do it. And now I'm like, I could sing the song with ease, particularly let's say like, give me one reason by Chasey Chapman. I wouldn't even touch that song with a 10 foot pole when I was a senior in high school. And now it's something I do every week. You know, that's the one thing I don't think a lot of people realize that your voice, it's like any other muscle in your, in your body. Right. And so it's like being in shape. It's like going out and running. It's like lifting weights. Um, it's amazing the physicality of it, you know, by by working the muscle and in, in learning to train the the muscle physically, how much that comes across. Oh yes. You know, it's a perishable skill. If you don't mm. if you don't sing for long periods of time, it will become dull. Now Granted, I will agree that there is a genetic gift that I was born with. I, 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 was, I, I was born a singer. I started singing very young without training, without people telling me how to do it. I just kind of listened and got good at it that way. Now, that being said, if that's all I ever did, I would be a quarter, less than a quarter of the singer I am now. It took true professional help, professional uh, circumstances like being in, let's say, the choir and getting people to tell me, hey, that sounded good, but this is how you can sound better. And this is, here's some tools to do so, or this is how to warm up your voice, emulating other singers, getting better at playing guitar, and flat out, just like you said earlier, playing live. It really takes putting yourself in front of people time and time again. I don't get nervous anymore depending on the show. Now, let's say if I played in front of the grant, you know, Grammy awards right now, you're dang right. I'd be really nervous, but playing in front of corporate events, it's, it's just, it's nothing in, in a way of, uh, a nervousness. Now it's just a flow state, like driving a car. It's like my gift is now flowing easily. So you talked about, you know, uh, singing by listening when you were a kid, what was playing in the house though? What, what did your parents have on that uh, were some of your early influences? Mm. So I had, I had quite a bit of uh, a wide range of influences uh, from Bill Withers was playing in the house to uh, one of my favorite singers. And one of the most underrated soul singers that doesn't get mentioned is Donnie Hathaway. Um, mm. That, that guy blows my heart open. And, you know, all the way from like Whitney Houston or honestly, even the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, um, you know, some people may laugh at that, but those people were that that band, those bands were were fine tuned machines that that really uh, created and and paved the way for a style that was not, um, you know, that was not happening at that time. The boy band thing you know, uh, in the pop realm, we'll say, and, uh, to be 
you know, even more specific, like in the, uh, the Caucasian, the, 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 the white guy singing realm, as far as boy bands go, like voice to men would, or had already been killing that for years, you know, uh, in a group, but, and the gospel, obviously gospel music had already been doing it for much longer, but, um, to have like four or five white guys get on stage and do a pretty dang good job, uh, is, is something to be said about as well. Anyway. So I had many influences, Tracy Chapman, um, the list goes on. Yeah, it's you know I think you and I have a lot of those similar influences because the whole soul R and B Motown I just can't get enough. And you talk about Donny yeah. Hathaway, yeah, he's he's super underrated, man. I um we're doing a version of um the John Lennon song uh, "Jealous Guy" that he mm-hmm. also covered. Have you heard mm. that his version? Oh of that? yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god, just incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's if you're gonna have an influence, that's Donny Hathaway's a good one. So. Oh yeah, one one <laughs> one of the songs that I'm uh, trying, trying, uh, and still haven't yet mastered. One because I'm uh, slightly intimidated by it, and two, um, I want to do it justice. Is a, a song for you by Donny Hathaway. Oh gosh, yeah. Mm. Mm. Oh, you'll nail that though. But I appreciate your humility. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's it's a mountain. Yeah, it is. It is, dude. And uh, I I once saw uh, Michael. I went to a Michael Bublé concert in Portland several years ago, Mm. and he did that as an encore. And he came out, man. He came out and he sang it on the mic and everything. But then they closed the curtain like before the last half a verse. And he takes his monitor out of his ear and he sings it freaking acapella, no amplification in the Moda Center to close his show. And I'm just like, Michael Buble, you're the man. (laughs) So there you go. That's uh, something you could at your next corporate event. You could try that. (laughs) Oh, I'm I'm going to try it. Yeah, man, you could do it. You could do it. I'm sure Michael won't care. That's that's the beautiful thing about <laughs> stealing relentlessly. <laughs> so you mentioned uh, you mentioned the guitar because I don't really remember you playing the guitar in high school. Um, I mean, I know we were in the choir, so maybe, and I just didn't, didn't see it. But when did you first pick that up? Who taught you, and how has that skill for you developed over time? Mm, so, um, guitar, I actually picked up. Um, when I was around 14 and maybe 13 and my father owns a, like a 19 late fifties, early sixties, uh, guild. It's made out of all mahogany. So it's an acoustic guitar, uh, all mahogany cherry. And it's an absolutely stunning piece of art. And I was always curious about that guitar as a kid. I just wanted to touch it. I just want to look at it. And it helped that the guitar was just so stunning. And I've, I've played it before at a few of my shows. And he, um, one day he allowed me to touch it. He like, okay, like here's this guitar. I'm going to help you figure this thing out. <laughs> and he kind of gave me like a super brief backbone of like, okay, here's a G chord. Here's a C and there's a D figure it out. Let's, here's a few like bears one strumming pattern he kind of gave me like the super bare minimum 
And that was it. And from there, I took it and did my own thing. And it took years. I didn't, I've, I've still have yet to this day have professional guitar lessons, which is, I'm talking about lessons and growing a muscle. That's something that I could really uh, get support from. But I've taught myself how to really play in my own style and picked up techniques from different artists throughout the year of like hammer-ons and hitting the guitar with my hand to make percussion and uh, picking patterns, strumming patterns, chord chordal patterns. And really, um, I didn't get my chops, I'll say, as a guitar player until around and around three years ago, really, I played live for so many years now, but I really took it so seriously when I started to release music online and become a, an online presence. I started to really become serious about my guitar playing. And um, from then, it just really skyrocketed. I got an electric guitar. I got different amps. I invested in really, really high quality guitars like a Martin, you know, HD 28, which is, you know, a very expensive guitar. And uh, the quality of it, the playability of it, it really matters. And it allows me to have this super professional sounding uh, guitar and sound. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, it's uh, it just opens up a whole nother world, though, doesn't it? I mean, when you can when you can pack a guitar and go do a gig and, you know, do a two hour, three hour gig by yourself. I mean, that's just that's got to be it's got to be liberating. Oh, it is, you know, and, and, uh, like my gig today that I played earlier was, uh, three hours and, um, to have that, that relationship to the guitar. And, you know, one thing that if I were to give advice to any other guitar player, that's just starting out or a musician, a singer songwriter who is trying to play guitar and play, um, or sorry, and sing at the same time, um, for long, for long periods of time not just like one to two songs. Uh, it's dynamics. Dynamics is pretty much uh, one of the keys to success in playing guitar live and singing at the same time. Is because if you play the same strumming pattern the whole time at the same rate and the same uh, intensity, you're going to lose your audience within the third or fourth song. So you have to understand just dynamics, even if it's the same chords. So in in those dynamics, we have to learn, you know, guitar uh, picking patterns, chordal patterns, maybe to change it up. And maybe if it's a G chord down at the top of the guitar and then and then you learn a G chord somewhere else on the guitar just to make it sound different. And so you can play and open up different um, uh, different songs that way. And it allows you to keep interest, allows the the audience to keep interest with you because it sounds different. It's dynamic. Uh, it's so true, man. And I've been, I feel like I've kind of hit a plateau over the last few years where I'm just like, I exist like at the bottom of the neck and that's where I stay. And it's like a magnet, man. It, it, even if I learn something, you know, a different chord <laughs> variation up higher, it's like, no, we're going to go right back here to this traditional A minor, you know, all the way up here. And how did you get out of that though? Is it just, is, is it just teach me? Is it just, just because you gigged so much and you just kind of had to force yourself, right? That's pretty much it. To be honest, I had to, I had to really make myself, learn a different way to play hallelujah or you know okay i've played stand by me over probably 500 times in my life live how can i make it sound different and 
uh, yeah, just learning different. And, and you know, and honestly, I'm not a lead guitar player. Like whoever is listening to this, just know that I'm. I don't like rip solos. I do want to someday. And that's my next step. That's my next evolution that I need to take responsibility for and go get help to do that. And I have the guitars to do it. I have the equipment to do it, but I need to, I need to practice. And so by me, you know, and here's an example. So like, let's say I'm playing that a minor chord over and over and over again. Um, and I was afraid to bar, you know, physically putting, you know, my hands in a certain position on the guitar, that's hard for some, some people can't do bar chords, but bar chords just open up a massive, massive, uh, next evolution on the guitar. And when I learned bar chords and it just became super easy, all of a sudden uh, I was like, Oh yeah, great. I can play like another thousand songs now. Yeah. And I love That's the one thing I love about you, man, is you're always, always looking to learn something new, always looking to challenge yourself in different ways. And, uh, it's, uh, it's so important, you know, but it's also a lot of people mm. lose sight of that and, uh, kind of get stuck in those mm. ruts. And, um, you know, I just, I love how you attack that, you know, and, and acknowledge the things that you do well and, and the things that you still want to still want to work on. It's, it's, uh, it's enlightening to hear. And I think it's, uh, it's, it's good for people to hear too, you know, who are, cause mm. there's going to be people listening to this who are just getting started or whatever. And, um, just an important message to hear. Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. Let's back up a little bit. So you graduate high school, you kind of have this transformative year, your senior year in the, in free design and, uh, the performance choir. And, um, then what happens? Where's your music at at this point? And, and did you know right away after high school, you, you wanted to hit the road and try to make it as a musician? <laughs> Walk us through that process for you. Oh, so, you know, this is a, this is a journey that, um, didn't immediately happen. So yeah, right after high school. So, uh, I'm 30 now. And so if you go 12 years ago to, uh, to 18 years old and I'm graduated, um, I had some fire during that time. I did. I had some like, okay, I'm doing this. I just got out of high school and I want to be a singer. And so I did the American Idol thing and had some like very minimal recognition success. Um, and, uh, then got, you know, dropped off. I, I didn't get on the actual top 24, but I did get to Hollywood. And that uh, did give me some inspiration, but also like gave me some, some doubts. Like, okay, wow, if I can't do this, then what else do I do? And so now we're talking about location. So if I were to be in LA during that time living there, or let's say New York or somewhere that that music is really highly praised in a way that as far as a, a day job or as far as a, a way of life, um, a career, I might've had the resources at that time to pick me up in that rut, to, to basically give me that kick in the pants. That's like, nope, you can still do this. And here are the tools to do it. Here's, here's the venues to do it. Here's, here's the uh, knowledge. Here's the, the, the fire to do it. But really what happened after that 18-year-old stint was I lost my passion. I lost the fire because I didn't know what was next. I didn't, I didn't know if I should record. I didn't know if I should play live. There was not really anywhere to play live. I didn't really know what to do. And YouTube wasn't really a thing. Like it kind of was. Uh, Facebook was kind of a thing. Like 
if, if I was 18 now, I probably might have those tools and understanding that I could just make a YouTube channel and post and blah, blah, blah. But back then it wasn't really like totally a thing yet. So I didn't know what to do and I lost my fire for years. There was actually a period of time where I didn't pick up my guitar for almost eight months. And for someone now in my career who plays live, you know, many, 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 many hours in a week in front of a lot, a lot, a lot of people uh, from not picking up my guitar for almost eight months is absolutely unheard of. So uh, it will never happen again. You know, that's, that's the time of my life that will never happen again. And um, so I, I moved to Medford, Oregon and became a bouncer and was trying my best to get into law enforcement, into the local deputy sheriff's office, kind of like a lot of my friends were doing. And um, it, uh, I got injured uh, working construction and broke my arm and had to go through rehabilitation and surgery. I have a metal plate in my arm. So there was just a time of period where I was just like not doing a whole lot and focusing my energy on girls <laughs> and uh, focusing my energy <laughs> on, um, <laughs> you know, partying and uh, all those things. And it took me all the way till, let's say, 23, 22, where I met a girl and moved to California with her. And what this girl did for me is she noticed my passion. She really noticed, uh, wait a minute, you're a really good singer. And wait a minute, you have some cool songs. And wait a minute, why aren't you doing this? Because it's all you ever talk about. And yet you complain and you're not doing it. And so what this girl did is she helped me get out of my own funk, my own spell of dry season of, of nothingness and allowed me to, um, op helped me walk through the door, you know, and, uh, that was moving to California. So then when did you, what was the first collaboration for you that really, was it with Justin or, or you talked about, you talked about meeting, uh, meeting up with, um, oh my gosh, his name's already escaping me. Goodness gracious. Is that John where you, was that in, uh, Northern yeah. Is that in Northern California when that happened? Yeah. So, um, kind of, okay. Yeah. I would say my first collaboration, let's really, let's really go back here. So, um, let's, uh, you know, I moved to California. I enter into a program called weaving earth and it's like a nature based, uh, like life program. It's a uh, people living on site on this like farm for three days out of a week for nine months out of a year. So it's basically like being at school and we learn all types of, all of, of skills and tools like permaculture and how to grief tend, like tending our own emotions and how do we be in tribe. And so it's very much influenced by like Lakota, Native American, San Bushman out of the Kalahari in Africa. It's very much influenced by, um, you know, spiritual things and holistic things and permaculture things and life things. So it's very much a life program. And, so while I was in that, I was kind of exploring like, who am I? And like, what do I want to really do? And okay, I know I want to be a singer, but who, what's my identity? And that's where I came up with Adam Knight, because my real name is Adam Keitlinger. But uh, Adam Knight is, is, is more than a persona. It's really like this, this, this full embodiment of my passion of being a singer, soul singer, and, um, and that, and now so much more than just being a singer, but it's that first collaboration, I think 
was almost simultaneously with John Foray and him kind of shooing me into the live realm. And then Justin and I kind of reconnecting and uh, Justin Beer uh, kind of reconnecting and Justin really holding down the like recording, uh, the tracking of vocals, like being creating a song that I can share online, that like having content. And then John was really holding down the fort of like, what does it mean to be a live singer? Like, what does it mean to have chops on stage? Like, what does it mean to like swagger it up? Like he, him giving me the like opportunity of that. So it was really, I'm blessed to have a community. And hence, while I'll hammer this in again, it takes a village. It, it takes collaboration to succeed in almost anything. So it's having uh, this time period in my life was invaluable. Let's talk about uh, I've Got the Gold, because funny story for you, um, actually, this is probably a good way to introduce this. So, you you know, this is, I mean, this thing, as far as I'm concerned, it's a freaking hit. I mean, it's been played on one of the versions on, it's been played millions of times, streamed millions of times worldwide. One of the versions has like over 800,000 listens on spotify i mean these these numbers just blow my mind man i went to high school with that guy and his song has literally been streamed millions of times but my brother sends me a text this was probably i think it was like a year and a half ago or something like that and he's like hey i found this song that i think you guys should do your band should do i'm like oh really what's what's the song you know and so he sends me the link to I've got the gold. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't do that song. That's I went to high school with that guy. <laughs> and, and I'm like, that's Adam Keitlinger. Do you remember Adam Keitlinger? And he's like, oh my gosh. No, I didn't even know. So he found your song just organically, you know, probably popped up on some Spotify playlist <laughs> or something and sent it to me and told me that, uh, that my band should do it. But I'm like, no, man, I'm not touching that. That's Adam's song. And, uh, it's too damn good. Tell me about writing the origin of that song. Where did the inspiration strike for it? Oh, well, first of all, I, <laughs> I love that story, and um, that's the first time I'm Isn't hearing that, great? that story from you, and that's <laughs> it's so great. Um, oh my gosh, it's great! So, I know I had to start a podcast and have you as a guest before I could tell you that story, <laughs> so like we could get your reaction raw live. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm that that made my day to a T. Um, okay, so the story of I've got the gold. Um, so. This actually ties into me learning guitar uh, and really like, like I said earlier, like really like pushing boundaries and learning different chordal patterns. So I learned these chords called seven chords and seven chords is just a, a different wave, a uh, pattern of playing, let's say a G chord, but I'm playing it different. Like, so it's now a G seven opposed to just like a G major and, uh, or standard G major we'll say. And so learning these different chords, I was like, wow, that sounds cool. That sounds different. And this is the magic of exploration in music is because it sounded different than, let's say, the standard G, which if I was playing, let's say, the standard G chord, I might be playing something that sounds a little bit more country or something that plays maybe a little bit more like, you know, like Howie Day Collide or something like that, you know. And uh, this chord opened up a new part of my brain of like, wow, I want to sing different to this now. Now I want to share a different sound. And 
all of a sudden I started playing these chords, you know, and boom, this like melody came. And now all of a sudden this swagger came and I'm like, whoa, this is pretty sexy. This is pretty cool. And, uh, I started writing this song and, so, like I said, I was with John Frey, I was with the band, and I showed the band the song, and they they liked it, but we were working on other music that was already very, like, musically, uh, you know, expert level, because all these guys I was playing with, like John Frey, like I said, with Van Morrison, all these big bands, and then, like, my guitar player that was in the band, Andrew McKenzie, this guy could, like, this guy could shred faces off anybody. He's so funky and tasteful. You know, the drummer is so pocket and just, uh, and bass player is just so funky and uh, pocket as well. So these guys could hold down a palette and we were already writing like such great music. So I've got the gold. They didn't want to pick it up. They didn't want to touch it. And so I was like, huh, okay, maybe it'll just sit. So then I started hanging out with Justin, Justin Buer, and he's looking for like songs to record. And we started working on other music and other songs, but all of a sudden we came around to I've Got the Gold. And he's like, what's that? And I was like, well, this is one of my songs called I've Got the Gold. It's not even fully written. Um, he's like, well, what's it about? So I was like, well, it's kind of like gaining my swag back because the girl that I talked about earlier that brought me to California, her and I separated while I was in that cool program called Weaving Earth. And granted, the separation went really, really well in a way of like, way better than the norm. We don't like hate each other and we actually, we have mutual respect for each other and uh, knew why it was happening. I still felt that like, like, ah, I want to like get my mojo back kind of thing. And I've got the gold is that me reclaiming my power, me reclaiming my, my sovereignty, me reclaiming my, my mojo. And when Justin heard it, he's like, we could totally do something with that. So I recorded the guitar live on a Telecaster, a nice telly, Fender telly. And uh, all of a sudden, Justin and I co-wrote the, the verses. Uh, he, he pulled the story out of me. We sat in his, uh, his house in Healdsburg, California. And he was just like, what is it really about? So he pulled the stories and helped me write different lyrics and was like, now that I think that's where you're getting at. And like, I don't think you should say that because that doesn't make sense. So he like really like helped pull the, the story out and keep the pop centric playability of the song and not make it too wordy and make it very relatable, but yet have a song, have a good base to it, a good uh, foundation. And from there, after we released the original version of I've got the gold, um, immediately it gained recognition from producers. And after those producers kind of started to um, give their attention to it, one of which named Shobi, he asked to asked to remix it. He was like, wow, I love this song. Holy crap, this song is really good. And when he started to, when he remixed the song, he had connections, big connections. And when he reached out to those different connections, like Casual Jam Records in England, they wanted to sign I've Got the Gold. And not only did they want to sign that version and the remix, they wanted to sign and create three more remixes. So they basically started a whole campaign of sharing. And just to give you like a reference of like how big this label is, um, it's not, I'm not, it's not a major label by any means, but uh, he does have, you know, 2.8 million followers on YouTube. This label does. And many, wow. many, many, many um, 
connections in the like Spotify realm, YouTube realm, and radio. So basically, when this song got remixed, um, two of the versions in particular, Shobi remix and the Ludvik remix, also known as the LU2 VYK remix, but it actually stands for Ludvik. He's it's a it's um he's German. Um, it uh they both blew up. Shobi in particular, that remix blew up massive and got um charting on the radio in different countries and uh nearly a hundred thousand shazams people actually shazamming it hearing it in like the radio or in stores or somewhere and then it also got shared to a massive playlist on youtube which then uh came around to get uh nearly 30 million streams of that song that's that's just mind-boggling man that's just incredible. Now you sent me a version to share with everybody. Uh, tell me about th- this. Is a remix version, but this is not one of the ones that you named. Tell me about this one. So this is the Hilo Hilo remix, and the reason why I shared this one is one I have a special place in my heart for this version. It's actually one of the least popular, and but in my mind, it's just such a good, um, let's say, uh, mixture of the original and a remix. So if you listen to the Shobi remix, which is the most popular, he actually alters my voice. And granted, the song is great and super amazing to dance to and has been played at many massive festivals across the world where people, not even knowing it's me, and that's not my natural voice, dance to it and get down to it. As a singer and as someone, I love that version, but yet I don't perform that version live. because. It's not me singing. I mean, it's me singing, but it's my voice being altered into a dance house remix. So when Hilo took the song, who I've also collaborated with Hilo on another track called Living by a Moment, which is an original I've released. um, Hilo took all the elements of the original that I liked and he didn't alter my voice. Um, He really made me sound pretty good. And... Uh, it's also super funky and super fun to dance to and has also played on the radio, not as much, but um, uh, it's it's just, it's got a nice place in my heart and it's super fun to dance to. Awesome. Well, let's give a listen to it. This is uh, I've Got the Gold, the Hilo remix by Adam Knight. Baby, I swear that I am helping both of us When I say that you've used up this This thing that we call love Down to nothing mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to look at us eyes Where I was before Before I opened up that door And I saw who
God dang, man. <laughs> I was like, I got chills, brother. That's, uh, I haven't, you know, it's, I'm, I'm sure I've listened to all of the remixes, but I'm glad you brought this one. Cause I think like when I'm going to go and listen to, I got the gold, I think I kind of just gravitate to the show B one and maybe it's just cause it's, I don't know, maybe it shows up first or something, but I love that version, man. That's uh, I see why you brought it too. It's uh, <laughs> I'm glad you like it, brother. I, I want, I want to do uh if you'll just uh, if you'll just indulge me one of these times when we could actually not be gigging at the same time when you come up here, I just want to be in the background going like got the gold. That's all I want to do. I just want to. That's all I want to do, man. Just want to have a little. <laughs> I just want to be a part of it just once. Oh, you're in. <laughs> you're in. Oh man, that's, we're doing uh, it. And that I I love. Oh, uh, cool, cool. I'm gonna hold you to that. I, it's recorded now, so I just I love the hook, man. I just love uh, I love everything about it, and uh, it's um, just so good. And uh, can't can't wait to see uh, what happens next with that one. You know, be uh, I hope it gets picked up by like some big ass movie or something, and you get oh, paid yeah. a bunch of money. Oh, that sounds great. That sounds because that's the one thing I think. Yeah. Yeah. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. I think that's, that's a one, that's kind of a, I mean, you, you get, you get paid for streams, right? But it's not, it's not what people think it is, is it? It's kind of, it's kind of rough with the, with today's, uh, the way the, the financing works for that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to say yes. And I'm also going to say, and, and uh, yes, you're totally right you if you're not a regularly you know millions of streamed artist that uh receives uh constant streams you know let's say uh, you know 1 to 2 to 3 million a month um you are uh not going to make a living off of music and so, as far as streaming goes only streaming now Right. It's totally possible to make a living off of Spotify and YouTube streaming music. If I, if I have, you know, if if you go on Spotify and if 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 um if you're listening and you're not a Spotify user, I highly suggest checking it out. And um, if you go on Spotify, you'll see that on each of the artists' profile, it 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 lets us know how many monthly listeners they have. Now that monthly listeners doesn't mean how many times they were streamed. It just means how many people in that month listened to that artist. And those people may have pushed play one, two, three, four, five, six different times. And that's your stream count because you can have a million monthly listeners, but you could get played 3 million times in that month because a lot of those people push play twice or they listen to more than one song. So that's where this game gets deeper because if I have a million monthly listeners, which will say, uh, sorry, if I have a million plays on Spotify a month, a million plays is almost $4,000. And that's only if, Oh wow. Okay. You know, and that's only if though, uh, you have to take into account distributor. Now the distributor, whoever you uploaded the song through will take a percentage. And I, I am an eight, uh, I'm an AWOL artist, so I go through AWOL, which is a, um, a pretty well-known distributor across the world, and you have to be accepted uh, into into them to be an, art, an AWOL artist. 
so I'm actually really grateful. Shout out to AWOL, um, is that uh, they take a percentage. And now, uh, let's say I'm signed to a label. Now the label takes a percentage. So obviously things start getting cut out and chunked out. So that's where, let's say I'm a major, major artist like Justin Timberlake. That man makes tons of money off of Spotify because he gets, you know, 50 million streams a month minimum off of Spotify. And if you put do 50 million times $4,000, you know, it's, it's a lot, a lot, a lot of money. And now that's just off of Spotify. That's not talking about Apple music or YouTube. So, uh, if let's, if I'm an independent artist and I'm not signed to any labels, which my next releases actually are going to be independent because I'm playing the game a little differently this time. And that's a, it's got a, that's a whole nother story to talk about is how, how I'm going to play that game differently. But, um, if one of those songs were to blow up, I would make a lot of money off of it. I mean, if there's anybody I know that has, uh, has the capability to have it happen, it's you. And, uh, yeah, it's just so interesting in, in our generation, cause you and I are pretty close in age. Um, our generation it's so interesting because we kind of saw both worlds and we kind of, we didn't just come into this world of streaming and everything. It, it kind of, it emerged as we got older. And so we know what it was like before. Like we remember actually having to listen to the radio to hear what you wanted mm-hmm. to hear, you know, and ca- call in and make requests. And I, you know, I had like the, the dual tape recorder thing and, I would call and make a request and then I would record off the radio so that I had something to listen back to. But, you know, I I was so anxious to explore this with you because, you know, nowadays it's this juxtaposition between all these different ways to not only physically, logistically record your music and get it out in the world, but all these channels, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, all these all these ways to get it out in the world. And yet, you know, what that also means is there's a lot more people doing it. Right. And so what's, what's your take on the, the state of music and, and how it gets distributed today? Mm. So, you know, really, really, really good question here. Um, you know, and as an artist who is completely 100% immersed in it full time, uh, 100% knows the game, understands the dynamics of it, understands the shadows and understands the positives in it, uh, is that I have two sides to this coin. So one, I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful for the amount of opportunity that I have, the amount of avenues, because like I said, when I was 18 and didn't know where to go next, I didn't really have an oper- I didn't really have those channels to do so because of one where I lived, two my knowledge, three my experience, four who I was collaborating with or lack of thereof collaborating with, and now I have every opportunity at my doorstep to get out there. So that being said, you really got to understand the game because you can't just upload a song to Spotify and pray that it's going to get streams. That's not how it works. Like you, you have to have a marketing plan. You have to have, uh, 
connections maybe to, to, to Spotify playlist curators. You have to have fans driving traffic to your Spotify. They're not just going to give you streams. You have to earn them. And uh, talking about earning them, there's the other shadow side of that coin is many people that in this industry paid to play. They had investors. They had a lot of money that they could throw at marketing. So let's say I run, you know, a $50,000 a month marketing campaign. Of course, I'm going to get famous. Of course, people are going to hear my music. Of course, I could, I could have a Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook page, TikTok, that app with the music videos. If I run a campaign with a huge budget, you, you bet your butt that I'm going to get millions of people to, to view my things. Now, marketing... That's a whole nother thing and how people do it. That's a skill. I'm not saying you just have money and make it happen. There is a feng shui to it, but um, you definitely pay to play in a lot of ways. And Justin and I, there's my gratitude for this man, is that this guy read the books. He studied. He Googled different things. He read different forums. He read different articles on how to use Spotify. How do you use YouTube? What is the right algorithm? Am I wasting my time getting myself on playlists that only have 2000 people opposed to try and get on a Spotify playlist, blah, 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 marketing, everything. So we kind of learned the back end of what it meant to use these devices, these, these apps, these channels to our benefit. And uh, luckily we've really dove into, let's say Spotify and YouTube and it shows like, you know, a couple million streams on Spotify, m- many million streams on YouTube. And just due to learning the connections and who to upload through, who to allow people to monetize my music and so forth. So, you know, kind of wrap this up is just uh, if, if I was a beginning musician right now, my number one piece of advice for someone that's let's say they have no music recorded, they are starting from square one, is that one, they need to find their sound. Who are you? Who are you as an artist? Why are you brandable? Like, what is your thing? What is your, what is your shtick? And really hone in on that, that shtick, that, that sound. And the other thing is content, really high quality content. Don't just get a song recorded on GarageBand and release it, you know, get high quality content that really suits your sound and shows your sound. And then the next thing is, is don't just release it out of nowhere. Like don't just share it and then expect a bunch of people to view it, have a plan. Now there's something to be said about getting music out there and and not sitting on it, but there's also something to be said about using the social media uh, and all these channels to your advantage. And that's where uh, marketing and connecting with people, creating a plan, creating a team, creating, setting the song up for success. Now that's a whole nother gamut. You know, you lend so much credibility to this discussion because you're out there doing it. And uh, it's, uh, it's incredible. It's, it's, it's overwhelming to me, you know, uh, all the different ways that there are uh, to distribute music and, 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 and then just how distracted we are as a culture. You know, there's so many different things tugging on our time and tugging on our eyeballs. And um, 
it it just it's 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 just fascinating to me this relationship between the way it used to be done and the way it's done now and you know better or worse it it, it is our reality right and so i love that yep. uh that you've really taken to figuring out how to how to make it work for you and uh speaking of recording do you even nowadays you know, you were telling me before we, we hit record, you were telling me about your mic setup and stuff. I mean, do you even book time in a studio in the traditional sense anymore? Or is everybody kind of you're you're working on an album right now too? And I was I would I would love if you could kind of tell us a little bit about your your album, uh Say My Name. How long have you been working on it? Um when's it coming out? Because I can't wait to freaking hear it. And then wrap that into how are you logistically recording nowadays? Mm. So I'm really grateful that you brought this up. And um, I actually haven't, just to start it off this way, is I haven't named the album yet. Now the album could be called Say My Name. Oh, and now gotcha. that you say that, okay. um, Say My Name is one of the singles. Yeah. Got it's it. It's one of the okay. singles. Okay. Got it. So um, you're totally right is that you know, nowadays the quality of, of sound gear, the quality of recording, uh, the accessibility to me having a laptop and paying, let's say, you know, a thousand bucks and I have a really, really awesome sound gear setup and maybe even less now there's, there's mics out there that you could, you could do. And then having a knowledge then to process those vocals or process those sounds in such a way in your computer to make it sound like it was really recorded and let's say a million kajillion dollar studio in LA. And there are some vocals that I've recorded in super professional studios that were six, $7 million studios that they took the time to soundproof everything. But at this exact moment, I'm in my bedroom and I'm on a thousand dollar microphone with a thousand dollar interface. And my microphone is wrapped in a uh, sound shield that was also you know, uh, not super cheap, but also very reachable. And me investing in these three or four things has gave me the tool and gave me the accessibility that I can literally do what I'm doing right now, record vocals on this microphone, send them raw, like with no reverb or no processing to a producer, let's say in Germany, and he can turn my song into uh, something that sounds like you hear on the radio because we have accessibility to pro quality equipment. And uh, so that's just, yeah, to answer that tangent about the the audio recording. Yeah, it's just, a, it's amazing. And that's, you know, that's one of the things that I think we can be thankful for, you know, uh, these days is the ability to do that. Uh, just, uh, it's fascinating. Tell us about the album. What's, uh, what's kind of the, what was the inspiration for it? Is there, you know, is there a theme for it? Um, I know you kind of, you have a lot of, I saw a Facebook post of yours the other day. You, you have a lot of emotions around this album too, you know, and uh, I just, I can't wait to hear it, but tell us about it. I'm really grateful that you asked me about this um, is because, you know, as an artist, like I said earlier is like the, one of the biggest pieces of advice is, is that to find your sound and, I really felt like I found it early on with I've Got the Gold, the original version, and a song called Walking Backwards, that kind of boom clap, poppy, bluesy soul 
uh, very much pop, but like let's let's say you kind of took the X Ambassadors, mixed them with John Legend, and threw a little bit little bit of Justin Timberlake in there, and that that X Ambassadors kind of boom clap vibe is very much so something that lights me up because you can play it live, like a band could really play it, but yet it's you know quote unquote electronic, it's quote unquote pop, and what that does for me is um you know it, it really it lit up my fire early on and then what happened is i got for better and worse you know i'm not going to say for worse for better and challenge is that i got pulled into the edm the like fast uh more upbeat house deep house tropical house the very much like festival dance music and i'm so grateful for that that time that that uh that experience but it's not my authentic like uh i mean at the time it was my authentic sound and my authentic sound has now evolved almost kind of back to where it started but way better and so if you were just really just that soul boom clap poppy gritty heavy bass uh very much semi down tempo uh, you know rooted from blues but very much pop x and bastards kind of like you know unsteady kind of vibe it um it really uh if i were to relate relate someone that i really relate to is i don't know if uh whoever's listening to this and i know michael you'll probably know this song as well is uh human by rag and bone and it's like the i'm only human after all i'm all yeah that like yeah yeah maybe i'm foolish and it's just like that and so that's very much so this album is gritty, boom clap, soulful gospel influence, uh, really strong kicks, really strong snare sounds, claps, and uh, lots of layered harmony, lots of big chorus. And um, so I'm so excited about it for that reason, is that it's really evolving to that like soul part of me that like, ah, yes, I could sing these songs for the rest of my life. I would be okay singing these songs, them blowing up so, so big, so known that I'm forced to sing these songs for the rest of my life. And I'm okay with that because they really touch a part of my soul, a part of my being that, um, I'm okay with and I love. So one song in particular is a song called Say My Name. Uh, Say My Name will be the the featured single on this album. Got it. And okay. Yeah. So I'm so excited about that. The Say My Name is, I, I, can't, I don't want to say too much more about it, but I'm, I'm just going to say that uh, it's gritty, it's soulful, <laughs> and it's uh, it's going to be in your face. Uh, I can't wait to, when's, when's it coming out, man? How long are you going to make us wait? Oh, brother. So um I don't have an exact release date, but I can say with with my heart uh, and with all honesty, it's going to be early 2020. Okay. Yeah. Well, part of it, I mean, it sounds like a big production. So I'm sure that's a big part of it, right? It's just getting all that where you want it. And uh, that's just, I, I know that's hard to put an exact time frame on sometimes. Oh, yeah. You know, it's... You know, I'm working with producers that live in Sweden, like the producer of Say My Name. His name is Hampus Lindstrom. Um, his artist's name is Lindari. And uh, um, 
him and I have been collaborating for a year now on, on Say My Name. And that opened up doors to collaborate on other songs for this album. I have songs produced by Justin Buer, the guy I've been with since day one uh, on this album, with other artists on this album. And uh, just like I said earlier, the whole marketing scheme, we're, we're basically trying to get all our ducks in a row with a music video, with how much money we're going to put towards Spotify, YouTube, TikTok campaigns, Instagram story ads, radio licensing. So yeah, you're right. It's a giant production. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that you mention all the various facets that go. It's like having a business plan, right? You can't just open the doors to your business and hope it succeeds. You really got to plan all this stuff out. And I think that's that's important uh, advice for anybody, you know, who's like 18 year old you now, you know, and is wanting to make a career in music. Um, it, it's a good representation of just how much it takes and how much thought you've got to put into these things. Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. It's something I enjoy doing. And that's why, um, I will say the more and more that I learn about this work and the more and more that I create a team that's got my back that wants to jump on, jump on the night train, you know, the Adam night train is that, um, it allows me to do what I really am good at. And that's be an artist, be creative, because honestly, I don't particularly enjoy, you know, looking over analytics of TikTok and Spotify videos, you know, or, or, or how to properly manage a marketing campaign on Facebook. Granted, I know how to do these things and I'm not, uh, going to do it for the rest of my life, but it's something I need to learn how to do and have knowledge in. And I'm grateful I do, but I'm so excited for the day that these songs blow up so much that all I get to do is sing, be on stage and inspire people. One of the things I love about you, you talk about social media, you get, uh, you know, I follow you and I, 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 I'm inspired by you several times a month, honestly, um, because first of all, you're so, you're so genuine and you just share your heart and soul with, uh, with your followers on social media. Um, and it's, it's, it's obviously genuine. You know, I think some people, some people fake it, you know, and it's, it's so easy to sniff that out, but you're, you're not one of those people. And, Mm. um, you get so much engagement from, you know, when you share a post and something that you're, you're pouring your heart and soul out about something. I'm just amazed at, you know, the number of, of people that, uh, the comment and that you relate to, and you just have that special quality about you. And I wanted to ask you about this. This was a post from, it was almost a week ago now, and I hope it's okay that I ask you about it. But, um, you talked about, um, I'll, I'll just read parts of it because it's, uh, it's just so good. And it just so honest and raw, um, and why I'm I'm so excited about this album. But um, you said, I am, I'm fucking afraid of not being enough. And you use stars, but this is an explicit podcast. I marked the E. So um, <laughs> you say, I'm fucking afraid of not being enough. I'm so scared I won't make it. And you talked about this friend of yours who, you know, uh, sent you encouraging messages and it kind of shared his heart with you and was talking about, I want to be like you, you know, you've cracked the code, you're living the dream, you're a worldwide known singer, all this stuff. And you talk about how those phrases uh, you said, bring stress to my body. 
Um, and, um, and yet, you know, you're also so good at self-actualization, putting things out in the universe. Cause I've heard you say things like, I am going to be a Grammy award-winning artist. Um, but, but talk about that post and sort of, you know, where you were at in that moment and, and how it speaks to where you're at right now in, in this process of pursuing your mm. dream. You know, this is a, this is a topic that we could, uh, we could go into for hours is, um, what does it mean to be <laughs> authentic as a human? Like, what does it mean to be, uh, uh, doing what you actually want to do and not necessarily doing things, um, that we are quote unquote supposed to do. And I, I believe that those are two different things. And so, you know, when this friend of mine, and I, I can't name his name, but you know, I grew up with him and he, he just loves me, loves my music. And over the years, it's kind of turned from like being a buddy to him being more of like a fan. And I am always trying to just like continue to keep that, that, that brother connection that like, Hey man, we're actually like super tight. You don't need to like game me up or talk to me like that. What you, you can be real with me, you know, like, let's get real. Let's get down to the heart of the matter. And don't get me wrong. This guy is absolutely amazing, amazing father, amazing husband. He, uh, works very hard doing construction and he owns a house in Southern Oregon and he's for lack of, you know, what most people think honestly is this man is actually living the dream in a way. You know, those are things that I have not obtained yet. I don't own a house and I'm not married yet. I don't have children. Those are all things that I do want. And those are part of my dream. Now in due time, in time that I, th that time frame that I am trying to control in a way that feels good for my life. And also allow, not necessarily to relieve the word control, but also to allow uh, to unfold when it's in my higher purpose, when it's when it's in its due time. So to talk about that post is why I'm really fucking scared is, of course, I'm scared. Like, holy crap, I've I've achieved, you know, mid-level success, we'll say, uh, you know, worldwide uh known credibility in a lot of ways. And to some that may be making it and to some that's not enough. And to me, I haven't achieved my goals yet. I've achieved, I've hit milestones that I talked about hitting years ago. But once I hit those milestones, I want, I, I, I want to achieve more and get to where uh, I know that I'm capable of getting to. So talking about songs like Say My Name, which everyone who has heard that song, um, which is about 10 to 11 people. And they're all very good critics of mine. They all tell me how it is. Uh, they said by far that this is it. This is the one, this is your break it song. And they're not doing that just to talk me up. You know, they, they've told me multiple times of songs that I've released that they didn't like them, that nope, these aren't the ones Ugh, like the way your voice sounds or they're very good critics of mine. And these ones, all 11 people were like, that's it. That's the sound. And to have that kind of, you know, game up, that kind of uh, uh, support also creates doubt in my head that not only do I have people from my hometown thinking I've made it and thinking I've cracked some, you know, unimaginable code that doesn't actually exist. Uh, and I can actually talk about what I mean by that in a minute is that uh, 
I'm just trying to achieve my own goals and inspire people while I do it. The inspiration process is humbling and it's working in some ways and other ways it's really challenging. But, um, if this song say my name, uh, it's, it's, it's saddening in some ways that I'm worried so much that I want it to hit certain goals. I want it to do certain things. And if it doesn't do it, I know that I just need to keep going that, that I can't let say my name control my trajectory of a musician. Like I'm going to win a Grammy, whether say my name does good or doesn't do good. And so that's kind of my, my, my shtick with that is I just need to keep following my own heart and what feels good to me and inspiring people when it feels good, but also empower people like empowering this man. Hey bro, you have an amazing life. You've cracked so many quote unquote codes. We'll say, even though I believe that uh, we're all just living the same, the same uh, awakening here. We're all just awake on this, this earth, you know, living. And it's like, uh, you know, I'm just reminding him that he has a choice that, okay, if you're not happy doing construction, you have an opportunity right now to change your life. And I know that's not easier than said than done. You have to feed your children. You have a mortgage to pay and you have a wife to take care of and yourself to take care of. But that being said, that's not a cage. You know, to some may disagree with me saying, you don't know, you don't get it, but trust me, I get it. I've worked every kind of job that you can imagine whether it's a gas station attendant, Applebee's, I worked at, you know, construction, I worked at chopping wood out in the woods for 750 an hour and tried to pay my rent. I was homeless for months living in San Francisco as a school teacher in my car and really trying to do what I want to do and it's not that easy. I get it, but at the same time, we all have a choice. We all can do that. Wow. You, you know, and, and this is what I appreciate about you and, and, and what makes you a true artist is that you share this stuff and everybody can relate to it in their own way, you know? And I read this post of yours and um, it, it really hit me square between the eyes because, you know, I finally... I don't know what led me to do it, but I, I've always wanted, I don't need to go back to school, but I've always wanted to get the degree, you know, get the piece of paper. And I finally mm. did that this term. And, <clears throat> and then I'm in this program. It's, it's, it's designed for working professionals and it's, you know, it's a basically a business program. But the first thing is like, what are you doing to share with the world what you're good at? And I have, I've been wanting to start a podcast um, for mm. so long, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of podcasts. I listened to a lot of them and it was that class that finally got me motivated to get over the hump and a couple other things. I have a buddy who started a podcast and stuff, but so I read this post and I'm like, man, this is, this is me. Like I'm, he's describing sort of, you know, me being, being afraid to, to do some of these things that, you know, take a lot of time and don't make money, <laughs> you know, but, but if you feel the call to do it and you feel like you're, you know, decent at it and you have something to share with the world, it's so important to just, to just do it. And, and really the only thing stopping you is yourself. And, uh, I'm a couple years older than you, but I learn from you all the time mm. and I just appreciate it so much um the vulnerability and the openness of 
not just this post, but you know, all the stuff mm. that you share and uh, it's inspiring, man. And I just, I hope, you know, regardless of in the, sh- cause I, I'm with like, I'm on the night train. Like I do think you're going to win a Grammy um, regardless of how long that takes. I hope you know how much you share, you know, what you share with the world inspires people mm. already. Mm. Oh, thank you. Thank you for saying that. I, I really, yeah, thank you. I mean it, man. I mean it. And if we were in the same room right now, you're in San Diego. I'm here in my uh, my office at home, uh, my studios. Um, I call it over-budget studios, talking about <laughs> my, my equipment. But um, <laughs> I would give you a big hug, man, right now if we were in the same room because I just uh, appreciate what you're doing so much and who you are and what you share with thank the you. world. Thank you, brother. I wanted to, uh, you had this other uh, song. I wanted to to play this one. To, tell me about this one. This one's called The Vibe. Uh, so this one, um, man, this one's this one's funky. And uh, so while I was really deep in the like, uh, immersed in the like EDM house uh, festival dance realm, I, I was collaborating with Ludwig, L-U-2-V-Y-K, which is the second most popular version remix of I've got the gold. Um, and these guys are, uh, pretty well known. They're near, near a million monthly listeners on Spotify, just millions and millions and millions of streams, you know, near a hundred million streams worldwide. And they're, uh, they're, they're, they're talking about doing an original with me. And I, I was shocked. I was like, uh, sure, let's do it. So he basically said, um, I was talking to Ludwig or trying to talk to Ludwig because Ludwig uh, speaks French and German and uh, his English is a little rusty and I am not fluent in German or French. So we were using Google Translate to talk over Facebook Messenger and it it was a process. (laughs) And basically that led to him uh, saying that he's seen some of my live videos like, Oh wow. I watched you play on stage in San Francisco with a band. It was super funky. Uh, could we like do something funky, but it's also still dance still like, um, EDM, but, but gives like a nod or gives like influence from, uh, funk music. And I said, well, sure, let's do it. Like, I would love that. So basically he created a template. He said, I've already got an idea. So he created a template and lo and behold, a few, a few days later, I checked my email and I have an MP3 from uh, Ludwig that has no vocals on it. It's an instrumental track and I put it into my computer. I go into my little studio slash room and um, turn the mic on, put my headphones on and I'm in, now I'm in recording mode. I'm in my own world. I'm in the studio. I'm in creation. And all of a sudden I started recording. And um, the vibe came out pretty quickly. So it doesn't have a specific, like, to be honest, it doesn't have like a specific story behind it. It's not one of those songs like I've got the gold or walking backwards or living by a moment um, or trap doors. Some of these songs that I've released that have a very specific story behind it. Uh, The vibe is just a dang fun song. It was just inspired by me being happy and thinking about a pretend situation of being at a party and meeting a girl named Jane 
Jane doesn't really exist in my world, but maybe people can relate to it. And I think they can being at a party and seeing someone they really think's cute and they want to talk to. And all of a sudden they start connecting and, uh, that's it. It goes, it goes, you know, downhill from there. So that's the vibe. Awesome. Let's uh, take a listen. This is the vibe by Adam Knight. I'm feeling right. Yeah. Take tonight. I heard your name was Jane. Those eyes can make it rain. It's 12 midnight and I'm feeling right. Slow down, don't walk away. You've got me going crazy. We'll make it now, some way, somehow. We're feeling right, 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 right. We'll make it now, some way, somehow. We're in the Thank you. 
This is one of those moments where I'm thankful for my audience sake that it's just audio because I'm sitting here dancing in my chair <laughs> and that's not something anybody needs to see. <laughs> oh man. That's uh that's amazing, man. I, uh, I appreciate so much you taking the time to do this. I didn't ask you ahead of time, uh, how much time you had and now I feel bad that I've taken so much, but I, 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 I so appreciate it, man. And I hope, I hope you'll come back when the album, uh, when the album's released and, uh, maybe we could talk about it a little bit more and kind of yes. dive into it a little bit. Yes. Yes. Would you yes. Be willing to do that? Oh, that'd be awesome, man. Cool. Are you, so you're coming up in December. Are you doing any gigs while you're here? Um, I don't have anything on the books yet. Uh, it's totally possible. I may do like a last minute show okay. at the hall or at uh, the hive. I love the hive in downtown Grants okay. Pass, but uh, um, yeah, it's probably just going to be a Christmas trip. Okay, cool. Well, uh, let, let us know. And, and of course, uh, if you don't follow Adam yet, please do uh, at Adam Knight Music on Facebook. And uh, you've got your schedule up there. And uh, if you do uh, end up doing a last minute gig, I'll certainly be there. And uh, let's get together one of these times and do some music. And uh, yeah, I'd love to have you back on. Uh, I'll be following uh, to see when you release the album and uh, love to Love to dive into that when it comes. Thank you out. so much, brother. I'm I'm really really freaking grateful that uh, you had me on here. This was a really fun experience. Um, I feel I feel lighter. I feel happy. You know, just the energy around being on your podcast um, feels really good. Uh, not only are you just really good at what you do, I can feel just like you're. You know, saying with me, like you can feel my vulnerability, my authenticity, and my just my passion for it. Is a uh, I just want to reflect that back and say. That's how I feel being on your show is um I absolutely love it and of course I'll be back. Oh man, that uh, coming from you, bro, that means a lot and I uh, really appreciate it. Thanks for uh thanks for joining us today, yes, thank Adam. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that's going to do it for this edition of Beyond the Band. If you haven't already, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're now on Apple Podcasts. It's official, as well as Spotify and many others, so please check it out. And do me a favor, if you like the show, leave a rating and review. That will help more people find us. And after you do that, please tell a friend. Finally, if you haven't already, please follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Beyond the Band Pod and on the web at Beyond the Band Pod. We'll see you next week. I love you. I love you. Okay, I'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye.